0: So you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, Wednesday edition. We appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We are now becoming aware of actual voting data. There are enough states that are weighing in, whether it's Iowa, whether it's New Hampshire, whether it is South Carolina. And last night, we got the data in from Michigan. And it is interesting, to say the least, I think, in sum, a very positive night of primary data for Donald Trump. We'll talk about Gretchen uh, Whitmer and whether or not she has much control over the state of Michigan. She, of course, is the governor. uh, With the woman who ran against her, Tudor Dixon, and who knows the math of Michigan politics better than almost anyone. She's going to join us at the top of the third hour. She's also a part of the Clay and Buck podcast network, and we'll see what she thinks about Trump's chances coming out of this primary. Buck, there were three things that stood out to me uh, in particular on both sides. One, Trump in every primary since New Hampshire has been increasing the amount of space between he and Nikki Haley. Uh, According to the latest forecast, it looks like he's going to win by around 43 or 44 points over Nikki Haley. That is a beatdown of epic proportions. I think, and continue to reinforce, that Nikki Haley is making herself look awful by deciding to stay in this race. Uh, Point two, over 100,000 people in Michigan Voted uncommitted For Joe Biden That is I think a sign Of the difficulties that he has In Michigan in particular Which has a large Jewish And a large Arab population And those two sides obviously Are fighting in an aggressive way And there isn't really a way To make both of those parties Happy at this point And I think Joe Biden's in a really tough spot there Where he loses Arab and Jewish Uh, Voter support Uh, And then the third part I went back and looked at the data Trump Buck is getting more votes Than Joe Biden is In this Michigan primary That is more Republicans came out Just looking at Donald Trump Than came out to support Joe Biden Now you can say well that's because Michigan doesn't have that contested of a primary On the Democrat side Okay you can make arguments But I went back and looked Buck 2016, both Bernie and Hillary got more votes than Donald Trump did in Michigan. And we know Trump went on to win Michigan by around uh, uh, ten or 11,000 votes in 2016. And then in 2020, when Trump was running uncommitted, uh, Joe Biden got a lot more votes than he did in Michigan in 2020. So Trump has never gotten more votes than the Democrat contenders in, the, in his political history in 1620 or 24 that feels to me like republicans are fairly engaged in voting for donald trump those are my three big takeaways what stood out to you as we sit now here what six days from super tuesday when we'll get even more data to look at
1: it's so hard because it, it the temptation is to think that this is a dry run a dress rehearsal Uh, For the November election, right? But the truth is, especially if you're talking about protest votes, people can do a protest vote here, knowing in terms of the Biden stuff, it doesn't matter, right? So the community they wanted, well, I think they wanted ten thousand protest votes uh, from the mostly Arab American community in in Michigan, and they ended up getting like sixty or seventy thousand, right? Something substantially higher. And this is meaningful in so far as in 2020, Biden officially, don't tell me that you don't like the numbers. Okay. I'm just reading the official numbers, whatever one thinks of the numbers. Biden in 2020 officially won by 150,000 votes. Trump won it in 2016 against Hillary by 11,000 votes. So yep. very narrow margin. Even 150,000 votes in a state of that size is, is, is narrow, whatever you think about. Uh, the election rules and changes, etc. So it doesn't have to be a lot for it to make a difference. The problem is how can you really gauge in advance what these trends are going to turn into? For example, to vote uncommitted right now, let's just like go through this problem. They're voting uncommitted against Biden because they don't like what's going on in Gaza. Gaza is not going to be an active war zone, I think. I'm making something of a prediction here, but Gaza is not going to be an active combat of Israel, a theater of Israeli combat operations by November of this year. Okay. That's not, there's almost no chance in my mind that that's happening. I think it's winding down now. It's gone on a little lo- longer than I thought. So that's going to fade from the headlines, right? And what will be enhanced at that point is you will have people running ads about the, in Michigan, about the Trump Muslim ban. And you'll have people running ads about Charlottesville and, you know, the different packs and everything else. I think they'll shift the conversation away from this. So the protest vote today to me doesn't mean when they're voting Biden or nobody, when it doesn't matter, that's a very different calculation than Biden or Trump in the minds of these, you know, protest voters. Right. So that's that's the one big takeaway that I have from this is that I don't think it tells us that much. But the other big takeaway is and this is really just this is like adding a data point into a big bowl of them already. Joe Biden has a lot of weakness. There's a lot of dissatisfaction. There's a lack of enthusiasm. Clearly, he has a glass jaw, as they would say in boxing. Clearly, there's a possibility here that Biden is uh, going to continue to, I think, lose support, not gain support from uh, anybody who's a truly uncommitted or, or persuadable voter. So those are my my biggest takeaways. And, uh, you know, it's tough to look at the Trump numbers, I think, and really know what this tell, or you know the trump and biden numbers and know what this really tells us going forward because i think all the Nikki haley voters are going to they're all going to vote for trump by
0: revenge. and large except for the ones who are democrats that flipped over to vote right. for Nikki haley to try to embarrass trump of which there is a substantial amount and we'll play that for you in a sec but the other part here that that i think is significant if you're saying okay what have we learned so far i would just reinforce that by and large the polls are getting things right so far. Now, if it's going to come down, and it may probably very much likely, to your point, 150,000 votes in 20, 11,000 votes in 16, no matter how great the polling is, when it's coming down to a pinprick of the overall yes. electorate, it doesn't take very much to for them to be wrong, right? When we're talking about a two or three point difference one way or the other, that's always within the margin of error.
1: What I think is, and I'm glad we have Tudor Dixon coming on today to address this, because I've heard her before when we were out in South Bend, Indiana, together doing a live event. She got deep into the electoral machinery of Michigan, and the Democrats have a better machine. Now, a better candidate, in this case Trump maybe, could overcome that, but you want to try to limit those advantages as much as you possibly can, right? You you don't want to be going into this... With Democrats having better ballot chase, better early vote—I mean, I'd have to look at what the rules are in Michigan specifically—but all the things we talk about, ballot chase, early voting, low propensity voter, uh, turnout operations, all the things that can make such a big difference. So we'll talk to her about because to me, that still, when you're talking about such a narrow
0: margin, probably makes all the difference. You also said something interesting that I would—I would put um, just in the back of people's minds here. We talk a lot about October surprises, and we're sitting here basically eight months out from election. And remember, we don't have election day anymore. We have election months. I think we're basically six months away crazily from when people can start banking votes in some jurisdictions. So uh, remember, every day once those elections start, you're chasing a smaller number of voters. Um, October surprises we think about in the context of the New York Post, Hunter Biden revelations associated with his laptop, Uh, the James Comey coming out and talking about Hillary Clinton's emails. There have been a bevy uh, of of October surprises over the years. One thing that I would put in the back of everybody's mind to think about, Buck, what would happen if there is another terror attack in Israel that further inflames things? Because let's say that Gaza gets resolved in some way in the next couple of months, and that does get tamped down And by the time we get into the summer and the fall, it seems like things have calmed down. Remember, this last attack happened on October 7th of 2023. Imagine what would have happened if that attack happened on October 7th of 2024 and how that would put Biden in an incredibly difficult position as we get closer to Election Day. My point on this is, to me, Michigan is maybe the crucible state now. I know everybody wants to focus on Pennsylvania and they want to focus on arizona and georgia and those states are also massively important but michigan crystallizes given the large arab population and the large jewish population the challenge of identity politics in this coalition because it's easy when you say trump is an awful white man let's bring in all the jewish voters against him let's bring in all the arab voters against him he is the enemy that unites those disparate coalitions What happens, Michigan in particular, when your identity politics flight is not over the old rich guy, Donald Trump, who's a racist that you try to brand him as such, but actually between two pillars of your own foundational identity politics electoral coalition? I think Michigan provides in stark relief the particular challenges that Biden could face. And I would just say, unlike a lot of things, he doesn't control whether suddenly there's a terror attack or something that sets off the alarm bells on a different level going in Israel again. So I think that is worth uh, contemplating as we look at these Michigan election results. And by the way, a lot of you out there, 800 you may, as you listen to us in Michigan and prepare, we are six days away from Super Tuesday when, for instance, my home state of Tennessee will be voting. I will be going out on primary day and casting my own votes um, and, uh, and I know many of you will as well, so you can react and weigh in on that. But I just think that's a little bit different, Buck, of a proposition than in years past where the October surprise is something that I think only hurts Biden as it pertains to what could happen in Israel, and he really doesn't have any control over it.
1: Well, I, I think the chance of there being another mass uh, casualty attack of any kind in Israel is going to be, uh, thankfully, uh, quite low. My sense is the Israelis are doing what they need to do, which is root out the terror infrastructure. Uh, they'll they'll build it back, and this is the problem. It turns into a bit of a mowing the grass problem. Uh, you know, you you get rid of the rockets, yes. you you arrest or kill the the Hamas fighters, and then they replenish and they take money that's meant for food and medicine, and they buy more rockets. And you know, they're, they're going to run this cycle all over again. But I do think that they will be at the low end of of the cycle going forward. I think the chance that Israel and the Palestinians are a major issue. First of all, in the election nationwide come November, I think it's quite it's small. I wouldn't say it's small in Michigan, but it will be substantially smaller than it is right now. You know what I mean? I think. Yeah, I think,
0: that's yeah, be I, I think that, if, if it's going to be an issue that determines the outcome of a state, I would just say Michigan is the one. I'm not it's sure probably the only the needle one. anywhere else. But it could be the difference in the election when you consider that Michigan, if Michigan goes for. But I, I think Trump is going to come back and win Georgia and Arizona. I yeah. think if you were looking at that right now, he needs one then in the Midwest, and if it, it could be Michigan's the tipping point this year.
1: I got to look out for those unknown unknowns too. I mean, all it takes is uh, one you know illegal alien to do something horrible in Michigan in October, and all of a sudden everyone goes, "Wait a second, the ICE detainer didn't go." You know, it can it can change on a, on a dime, as we all know. These things will be absolutely variable. But we'll talk to Tudor Dixon more about about Michigan. We'll also follow up on the uh the case of lake and riley and what the mayor you you all have to hear this what this mayor has said of athens georgia given what just happened it's going viral all over the the web right now as it should just astonishing um where his head is at given what just happened so we'll we'll talk about that here in a second cyber thieves love this time of year tax season because they're some of the first to file a return looking for a refund, but guess what? It's your refund. These online scammers get a hold of your info and use it to file a bogus return in your name, changing only the address so they get it and not you. They deposit it quickly. By the time you file, the IRS kicks your return back to you with a notice saying, hey, sorry, refund was already sent to this person. All of this is possible because of online identity theft. It's a very common crime. It's important to understand how this kind of cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. And it's just as important to know how to protect yourself. LifeLock is the company you can best rely on. Their 24-7 systems monitor online transactions and account openings in the hundreds of millions each week. When they detect wrongdoing, they're in touch with you immediately. You determine if you've been a victim of identity theft, be it a bogus tax return or accounts being opened in your name without permission. It's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now. And save 25% off your first year with my name, Buck, as your promo code. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or go online to lifelock.com. And again, use Buck as your promo code for 25% off.
0: Call 833 995 GOLD. That's 833 995 GOLD. One more time, 833 995 GOLD. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. with as little as four picks. More player action on Prize Picks now than ever, and it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance, so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free Prize Picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. We value the heroes from our military, law enforcement, firefighters, emergency medical professionals, and other government service personnel. So does an American company whose entire mission is built around serving this deserving group. GovX.com. If you've served our country in one of these types of jobs, go to GovX.com and join the community today. It's easy and totally free.
1: GovX members get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands that honor your service. Brands like Oakley, Vortex Optics, Yeti, Under Armour, and many more. You'll also save big on sports tickets, entertainment, and travel. GovX.com is a one stop shop for everything you need on or off duty.
0: GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. More than 8 million people are already saving every day through GovX.
1: Visit GovX.com and use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX savings for those who serve. It has caused quite a stir online and there are uh, a few moments of this we want to bring to you Uh, the the whole country has been uh just outraged at what has happened here with the murder of lake and riley uh so horrifically beaten that her skull was deformed by this uh this just monstrous attack by an illegal who should not have ever been in the country who was already arrested who was already subject to deportation, but the laws of New York, the Democrat enclave, the sanctuary city, made it impossible for Immigration and Customs Enforcement to get him before they released him. That is intentional. This is not an accident. They do this on purpose. They release them as quickly as they can. They will not hold them until the detainer comes in, or they will not hold them uh, while ICE figures out if this person is subject to deportation. And now we have a young girl... On the uh, University of Georgia campus who is dead and uh, Clay the there are a few of these but the uh, different clips the mayor Kelly Gertz of Athens Georgia this is cut one I want you to hear what he is saying at a press conference about this we'll dive into this more as well but stay uh, play clip one in the main I caution against conflating immigration and crime the data demonstrates that the two are not connected Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion in recent months, I do want to say a few words about this. It's my 18th year as a local government policymaker, and my work has overlapped with four U.S. presidencies and numerous iterations of Congress. All of them have failed to reach agreement on how to handle immigration. Why is this guy giving us an immigration policy lecture? Why isn't he begging forgiveness from the people of Athens, Georgia? Why is this mayor thinking that this is his moment to give this lecture?
0: I I cannot imagine being the mayor. I know Athens well. Buck, it's a fabulous town. I've spent a lot of time there. Obviously, I come from college football. You would love the opportunity to go down to Athens. You would think it's a fabulous place filled with outstanding people. I cannot imagine reacting to the murder of a totally innocent girl who went for a jog by saying let's not talk about the impact of immigration here. She would be alive today, I really believe this, if Donald Trump were still President of the United States. And so to argue that this is not directly connected to Joe Biden allowing 8 million illegals into the country is just a flat out lie. And the fact that he would do that while the city is still in the grips of an emotional fervor associated with this is to me... Uh, just beyond the pale. We'll talk about it more when we come back. My Pillow wants you to have a great night's sleep. One of their missions, and they seek to accomplish it by manufacturing the most comfortable sheets and bedding at the most affordable prices possible. Started with the original MyPillows, continued with their super comfortable sheets, including the popular Giza Dream sheets. We have them in every bedroom of our house. You can upgrade your bedding, give the Giza Dream sheets a try. For a limited time, you can purchase a queen-size set for fifty nine ninety eight or a king-size set for for just 10 bucks more with our name's clay and buck as your promo code. These are all deeply discounted, they'll hook you up. Just go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to check out the sale of the Giza Dream Sheets. You'll find other deals as well. 60% off the original my slippers. Enter the promo code clay and buck for these great limited time specials. That's code clay and buck. We're going to continue to react to the Michigan primary results as well as uh, everything surrounding the awful Lake Lake and Riley situation. We've got audio that you're going to want to hear uh, related to that. But breaking news out there, 82 year old Mitch McConnell has just come out and announced that he is no longer going to be the Senate majority leader after uh, the 2024 elections here uh let's listen to him make that comment then we'll react to it
2: i'm certain i have helped preserve the ideals i so strongly believe that day arrived today my goals when i was narrowly elected to the senate back in 1984 were fairly modest do good job for the people of kentucky and convince them that by doing so they might rehire me for a second term. That was it, that was the plan. If you would have told me, 40 years later, that I would stand before you as the longest serving senate leader in American history, frankly I would have thought you'd lost your mind. I have the honor of representing Kentucky in the senate longer than anyone else in our state's history. I just never could have imagined, never could have imagined that happening when I arrived here in 1984 at 42. I'm filled with heartfelt gratitude and humility for the opportunity. But now it's 2024. I'm now 82. As Ecclesiastes tells us, to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. To serve Kentucky in the Senate has been the honor of my life. To lead my Republican colleagues has been the highest privilege. But one of life's most underappreciated talents is to know when it's time to move on to life's next chapter. So I stand before you today, Mr. President, and my colleagues, to say this will be my last term as Republican leader of the Senate.
0: Okay. um, I'm not going anywhere. I I think we can cut cut that off. Mitch McConnell, historic run. Now, Buck, my immediate thought on this is not only about Mitch McConnell, which we can react to, and this is going to set off major scramble in the Senate because... Republicans are favored to take back control of the Senate. So the Senate majority post, and I believe it was Rick Scott, Senator from Florida, who was the primary challenger of Mitch McConnell in the last go around. He's the same age as Joe Biden. And as I'm listening to him talk about how there's a time and a season for everything, I think this is going to raise pressure on Joe Biden on some level because Mitch McConnell had that frozen in the headlights clip that we played, I don't know, probably, what, four or five months ago, Buck, where he just seemed to have an inability to continue to communicate. And he's the same age. He's had health conditions. He's fallen down. He had a concussion that we know of. All of these things. Um, I, I think this is going to make a lot of people happy. But also, I think it calls into question older people who are running for re-election.
1: When you're talking about Mitch McConnell and his... Um, legacy, which will certainly be something that comes up in the uh, months ahead as he steps out. First of all, the fact that this guy is has been in the Senate since I was truly in diapers yeah. is amazing. <laughs> it's a long time to have any job, never mind be a United States Senator. So since the early 80s, Mitch McConnell has been a United States Senator. Uh, Joe Biden a- also, as you pointed out, about the same... Duration uh, in the Senate, although you have to add in his uh, years as Vice President. Um, Mitch McConnell. Uh, we're going to have a lot of interesting discussions now. I think about who will be the Senate Majority, Senate Minority Leader, depending uh, for Republicans. Some ideas that will come to mind right away for people, and then beyond that, on things like Ukraine, I think the Republican base finds Mitch to be a uniparty uh, and and on on the border, You're a uniparty guy on the border. He's a bit of a squish. He's kind of an open borders guy, big with the donor class. On judges under Trump, he was a lean, mean judge confirm judicial confirmation machine. And if you're looking at the most enduring legacies of Donald Trump's first term, it's not just the Supreme Court justices; it's the federal judges that were interspersed throughout the system. That and Mitch, Mitch gets an A plus on the judge machinery, uh, you know, judicial confirmation machinery. I should say. A lot of other stuff people can, you know, they can debate and argue it. But it, I think, in terms of whether Clay, you know, Trump and Biden are already close into the same age, so that's I don't, I don't know if Mitch McConnell stepping down is going to affect anyone's perception one way or the other. Um, it, it certainly could be used as another data point, but I, I've been saying this all along. Biden doesn't care. You, you people need to stop thinking that Joe Biden is somehow ethical or concerned about the country. Joe Biden is concerned about Joe Biden, first and foremost, and he likes being powerful and in charge, or at least the perception that he is in charge.
0: I think that's true. I do think on the margins, when old people step down, it makes them look around at the other old people and say, why aren't they doing the same? So I think on the margins, look, there are 40%, 45% of people are going to show up and vote for Joe Biden because of the team that he plays for, regardless of whether he's able to do it. You mentioned, Buck, something that I do think is important related to Mitch McConnell, which is the judges. The older I get, the more I recognize how fast four years is or how fast eight years is. Lifetime appointment for many of these judges is far more significant than anything that can happen in any president's term to a large extent because there's a limit to how much you can accomplish in eight years. I mean, or four years, certainly. So, getting lifetime tenure for Supreme Court justices, three of them, as Trump did during his first term, that's generational change. Even if you are a highly successful president... The older you get, the faster eight years goes by. I'm sure you, you are starting to feel this a little bit more, Buck, now that you're in your 40s, and I imagine some of you out there that are older than us, it used to feel like the president was in office to me forever. You know, when you're 10 or 12, yeah. eight years might as well be, you know, 80 years. But now I'm like, I turn around, and in four years it feels like a snap passed in almost the snap of your fingers. And so you get this sense of even if you have a president, that president's power is limited a judge for lifetime tenure is a really big deal, and I do think Mitch McConnell thought longer term in that respect.
1: Mitch McConnell, anybody out there want to weigh in on the uh, the legacy there thereof? Uh, we also have to return. You have something on the legacy? No, role? I was
0: just going to mention on Mitch McConnell. The other thing we need to think about: Kentucky, you reelected Andy Bashir. Remember, if Mitch McConnell health wise decides to step down, Andy Bashir has said he's going to appoint, try to appoint a Democrat. And I tried to make a big deal out of this we did on this show in the governor's race. Mitch McConnell is stepping down as majority leader. That has to be somewhat health-related, I'm sorry. If he were to be unable to continue his term, you've got a Democrat governor. And people out there could say, oh, why does that matter? You could end up in a... It's not crazy at all to think that the Senate could be 51-49. Joe Biden could find his way back into office. McConnell could not be able to serve. And Kentucky puts in a Democrat. And then Kamala Harris is the tiebreaker again. And they take back control of the Senate. We saw this this very possible.
1: With the cult of RBG. There was a cult of RBG. They were always... The New York Times and others were talking about how she was, you know, fit as a fiddle, and look at her workout routine, and look at her throwing these kettlebells around. And It was weird, too. She's like a little decrepit old lady when they were doing yes. this. Like, really, you know, she I don't think she weighed 100 pounds. I mean, she was just That's tiny right. and, and, like, a, but clearly, you know, didn't have long left. And they found out. They found out when they weren't able to replace that Supreme Court seat the way that they wanted to. So these things do matter and have a major uh, effect on, on the future of the country, depending on how it all how it all goes. Uh, but yeah, oh, we also should return Clay to the we had more from the mayor. I mean, the yes. uh, mayor of Athens, Georgia. We just want to break in with the breaking news. Mitch McConnell stepping down from leadership. So we'll get back to that.
0: No doubt. Very serious uh, aspects there. But I want to tell you. All right. I've got three winners on picks tonight for all of you. PrizePicks.com, Use my name. Clay. You can put in a hundred dollars. They'll give you a hundred dollars free. Again, that is prizepicks.com. Use my name, Clay. Up to $100, they'll double your money. $50, they'll double it. $25, they'll double it. Up to $100, they will double it. And as you break all this down, here are three winners tonight for you. Get your pen and pencil ready. We'll see how I do tomorrow. Zakai Ziegler, point guard, Tennessee. He's been on fire. He's going to have more than twenty-one and a half points, rebounds, and assists tonight against Auburn. Zakai Ziegler more than twenty-one and a half combined points, rebounds, and assists. Jonas Adu, he's going to be a stud center one day in the NBA. He's starting to get on fire for Tennessee. More than thirteen and a half points, and then I'm going down to Texas. Wade Taylor the fourth, great outside shooter for Texas A and M. He's going to have more than 19 and a half points. That is three winners for you. Prizepicks.com. Clay is that code. Prizepicks.com code Clay $100 you can five times your money if you if we hit on all three of those tonight and I think we are. There are three winners. Prizepicks.com use my name Clay. Call 833 995 GOLD. That's 833 995 GOLD. One more time, 833 995 G O L D.
1: Let me tell you about an American company whose entire mission is built around supporting this same community of people, which I'm a part of and proud to be so. GovX.com is an online shopping platform that people like me with service related backgrounds have been using for years. There are over 8.5 million GovX members benefiting from the site today. As a GovX member, I get access to unbeatable discounts from thousands of trusted brands, sports and entertainment tickets, travel deals, the list goes on. If you're a member, GovX.com is the first place to check when you're shopping online. If you've served our country in the military, law enforcement, firefighting, emergency medical services, or other government agency roles, go to GovX.com. That's GovGovX.com and create your free membership today. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code in the shopping cart and you'll get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Grand Canyon University, a private Christian university in beautiful Phoenix, Arizona, believes that we're endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. GCU believes in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose.
0: GCU equips you to serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community.
1: Change the world for good by putting others before yourself to glorify God.
0: Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University, private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu.
1: We just had the news that Mitch McConnell saying at the end of this year, he's going to step down from his Senate leadership position. Um, And, yeah, we will uh, make some sense of this because, as Clay is pointing out, I don't know how it is, but you know, Bashir won in Kentucky, a Democrat after being horrible on COVID and being a Democrat and in the red state of Kentucky. I don't know. People like him there. Enough people like him there that he was able to win. We,
0: we talked about this. We had he's the great- only blue state governor buck in, I think in the entire South. North Carolina's got a race coming up. Every other SEC state, uh, North Carolina is not an SEC state, but every other one has a red state governor. And that's just. It is what it is in Kentucky, which means that if
1: Mitch McConnell were to be unable to do the duties of his office as a senator, Andy Bashir, the Democrat would be in a position to replace him. We've got a VIP email from Damon, for example. He writes, Mitch McConnell should turn over the minority leadership now and not next term. He should stay in office until he can be replaced by a Republican. What do you make of that?
0: I don't disagree with uh, turning it over now, although I would argue this is, there's not very much that's going to happen in the House or the Senate between now and November. Let's be honest. They're going to have a long summer recess and then it's campaign season. But again, his term and staff, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe runs till 2026. It is very reasonable, Buck. To believe that Republicans could have a 51 to 49 majority in the Senate. And if Biden were to get elected or whoever the Democrats put forward, 50 50 is broken by a, uh, by the vice president. It's very reasonable to think, unfortunately. I think we have audio. This is Mitch McConnell freezing. And this is when I started this t- discussion. I hate to have to bring it up, but Andy Bashir is the Democrat governor of Kentucky. And he has said that he will appoint. He doesn't believe the kentucky legislature can determine who he appoints and that he would replace a republican like mitch mcconnell with a democrat it would end up in a huge court battle it's possible control of the senate could turn over this and this was mitch mcconnell freezing remember when this happened listen What my thoughts
2: about? What? running for re-election in 2026. Oh. That's right the question senator running for re-election in 2026 all right i'm sorry you all we're gonna need a minute
1: okay somebody else have a question please speak up okay so he had a senior moment he froze up we all know it clay um this is a problem with this generation of political leadership it is bipartisan it is one of those things where we have to be honest about it because it's obvious and it's true People don't want to give up power who have been in the game for a long time. Uh, you see this with you saw this with Diane Feinstein well, to the, so bad, to the point where with her
0: she had no idea what was
1: going on. She, she didn't even know where she was or who she was. I mean, that that was reckless and it was wrong to keep her in, uh, in that role. The people around her should have done the right thing. They didn't. Um, but even someone like Nancy Pelosi is very slow to, you know, let her bony grasp off of power. You know, uh, she just she will not let it go. And uh, you know, release her fingers from the controls. And this—it's true of, of a lot of Republicans, a lot of Democrats. And I, I think that because people are living longer, this is the first time we're seeing this. There really should be a broader conversation about. You know, I mean, if you have baseline uh, age requirement to run for different offices, you should also age out. There should be an age out for I agree. the presidency. Donald Trump is pretty old. He's an anomaly because he's got a lot of energy and vigor and vitality for his age. No question about that. But he's up there, okay? It's you know it was an issue even with Reagan. People said, but with Joe Biden, we're seeing it's it's just a calamity. I mean, this is absolutely it's it's an outrage. It makes us a mockery. And and Mitch McConnell is is too old as well. Um, and I think that you want people who also are thinking more about the the future as something that they're going to have to answer for and partake in. I'm just going to be honest about that. Yeah, You know, if you only think you got a year or two left, you may have a different view of the world than somebody who's at least going to be around for another decade or two and what their legacy will be, etc. I think that they may be, you know, there are some real challenges
0: here. If we have a lower age limit, which we do to be president, thirty-five. I think you have to be twenty-six to get elected to the House, and was it thirty to get elected to the Senate? I think I'm correct in those. I know it's thirty-five for. Right. I know it's thirty-five for the um uh, for the presidency. I would rather have an upper age limit for the presidency than a lower age limit, personally. Now I understand why they have the lower age limit. Historically, they wanted to try to keep dynastic power from just being passed from an older leader to a younger leader. But if you told me right now, Clay, you can only have one. Under You have to be at least 35 to be president, or you can't be over 65 and be president. I would take the upper age limit. Remember, what is the age? You can't fly an airplane after the age of 65. I think that's right, right? They have mandatory retirement ages for airplane pilots. I would submit that if you can't fly an airplane you shouldn't be able to pilot the United States no. of America.
1: Well, be, if, if you're a, flying a plane, it's got 180 people on board, and you have a stroke, Yeah, it's a big deal.
0: Yes. And if you've got the 330 million person United States airplane that you're piloting, I would submit that somebody like Joe Biden shouldn't be allowed to do that. We, What would you think like, if you saw Biden flying something. your plane? You're
1: button. forgetting something. Joe Biden wears aviators. The plane will be fine. <laughs>